0: Welcome to Illum Radio. My name is John Levering. Columbia Present Corwin was a radio series of 26 plays written, produced, and directed by Norman Corwin. The series aired in the 1940s. Norman Corwin was an American writer, screenwriter, producer, essayist, and teacher of journalism and writing. Many of his creations took place during World War II. On a Note of Triumph, a celebration of the Allied victory in Europe, broadcast on VE Day, May 9, 1945, The Undecided Molecule, a comedy in which a molecule is brought to trial for refusing to be identified. Cohen's works were unique. They were unique blends of storytelling and sound design, and that helped to elevate the medium of radio and it set a standard for future radio productions. On this track, you'll hear a program that could be followed on an atlas, a globe, or perhaps nowadays on Google Earth. The script of the program was aired on CBS on July 10, 1945. Cohen brings the distinguished actor Ronald Coleman in the story of Daybreak a story that takes the listener around the globe as the sun rises. The use of sound effects, different dialects, and music makes the story progress, and it's quite amazing. As a side note, I had the opportunity to do a radio interview with Norman Corwin on October 12, 2005, when he was 95 years old, and had been nominated for an Oscar for a documentary film about his life and work. It was entitled A Note of Triumph, The Golden Age of Norman Corwin. Incidentally, he won the Oscar for the Best Documentary Short Feature in 2006. At the time I called him, he was a professor of journalism at the University of Southern California. He was that until night till he was 97. Now. I was calling him on the telephone and he was 95 at the time and he picked up the phone and I introduced myself as an audio theater host on WSCALP in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I referred to him as Mr. Corwin and he said, stop, stop, it's Norman. I answered your phone call and I consider us friends. So it is now John and Norman, okay? I couldn't believe it, really. (laughs) One of the questions I had for him was, what would you like on your obituary to say? He had so many great accomplishments in his life. He said, quote, Norman Corwin, 110, died today in a gun duel with another man fighting over a woman, unquote. He passed away on October 18, 2011, at the age of 103. The interview runs about a half hour, and the recording of the entire interview is on this podcast in the history playlist. Now here is Corwin Presents Daybreak, starring Ronald Coleman from July 10, 1945. Thank you for listening.
1: Ronald Coleman in Norman Corwin's Daybreak. Tonight, in the second of a limited series of eight broadcasts, under the familiar title Columbia Presents Corwin, CBS is privileged to bring you the distinguished actor Ronald Coleman with Corina Moura in one of the most requested of Mr. Corwin's radio works, Daybreak, a program to follow in your atlas. As in the original production four years ago, the musical score is from the hand of Lynn Murray. Lud Gluskin conducts Ronald Coleman in Daybreak. Mm-hmm.
2: A
3: day grows older only when you stand and watch it coming at you. Otherwise, it is continuous. If you could keep a half degree ahead of the sun up on the world's horizons, you'd see new light always breaking on some slope of ocean or some patch of land. A morning can be kept up with by trailing night. This we shall do. Where we begin, we shall return to, circling the earth meanwhile. We are at latitude 40 degrees north and longitude 25 degrees west. We will come back here at the circle's end. But now, beneath us there is water, nothing else. The long Atlantic flowing to the north, Cirrus clouds resembling herringbone, high up. Along the curving fringe, 10,000 miles from top to bottom of the globe, are only islands very far apart. Some atolls in the South Atlantic, icebergs off the Sandwich Archipelago. Of all the mainlands it will overtake today, the rim of light is touching now one continent alone, the eastern shores of Greenland. Southwest of the Cape Baird Islands, there's a thunderstorm. Not much. A little rain. Some grumbling from a cumulus. Through it, unruffled, plows a Liberty ship from Cape Town, headed for the Caribbean. There is a hint of day to starboard, and the smudge of night to port. Thunder above. The striking of the hour is expected momentarily inside the wheelhouse. Meanwhile, the course is west west. See for yourself.
4: Okay, Johnny. I'll take over now, huh? Oh, hiya. You look as though you could use some shut-eye. It mm, hasn't been a bad stretch. Stormed up much. Say, uh... Give me some tobacco before you go, will you? Oh, sure. Take the rest of the can. Have some more in the locker. Thanks. What's the course? Uh, Course 323, steady as she goes. Course 323, steady as she goes. (laughs) Well, I hope the old man's in a better humor than he was on my last watch. Thought he was going to eat the glass right out of the binnacle. (laughs) Yeah, he's been on the prod for the last three days. Well,
5: see you later. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The ship's a hundred miles behind us now, as quick as that. The thunder also. The sun's antennae reach another five degrees yet west of Greenwich. Nothing now but water, south of Greenland, clear down past the humid zones of the equator, down the easy ground swells to the barriers of ice in the Antarctic dark shape coming toward us is the bulge of South America, the coastline of Brazil. Now you can smell the spices in the offshore breeze. That's Pernambuco over there. The green light way below us is the airport of Natal. Now in succession come the mountain ranges like slow turning gears. That string of lights is Rio, the coast it wider north and south, and for the first time, you begin to sense this is a continent rotating hugely toward the sun. The endless forests in the Mato Grosso, they are tipped with life. The jungle life's astir, the birds are twittering. And to the north, the great mouth of the Amazon yawns wide, the islands in it looming suddenly. At this very moment, day is touching on the continent of North America, the shores of Newfoundland. Fogs drifting in from the Grand Bank. We cannot see the chimneys of St. John. The whole Atlantic seaboard, east port to Key West, is still in darkness. Further down the hemisphere, light picks its way among the lesser Antilles, spreads out down Venezuela, down the Grand Chaco, The pampas of the Argentine stirs sleepers in their sleep in Buenos Aires. In the cetallo of Bahia, beyond the reach of tourists and authorities, the forbidden dance of the Macumba pauses, while a priestess invokes the spirit of the dawn. in the jungle, where the Negro River cuts a swathe, the tropic black is still unbroken. But north again, north-north, beyond the rain, the mountains, over the rooftops of Caracas, over the Indies dawn is coming now to hancock county maine there in penobscot bay a lobster fisherman rides home with light of day behind him and a lighthouse just ahead he meets a neighbor coming in
1: how they running manny only eats a and two strings crabs mostly they eat the dang bait till ain't nothing left for the lobster
4: yeah same with me guess the bottom's drying up dang it
1: Old lady said she'd throw me out of the house and didn't bring one home.
4: Well, I've been selling all I get, but I got a good one for the mission today, boy. Look at that. Big guy, ain't he?
1: Yeah. Wish does, lucky. Well, good luck, Manny. Hope you fill it to the scuppers. Hello, man.
3: And this young light which makes milk bottles pink in Winthrop and begins to lift the land fog from Cape Cod also at this very moment reddens the peak of Aconcagua in the Andes. The Argentine, the highest peak in all the ranging hemisphere. It washes over narrow Chile, too, and skips across the triple mountain ranges of Peru to gleam at last from breakers on the long Pacific shore. Cape Horn and Sandy Hook are tinctured now. Magellan's windy straits. Columbus's San Salvador and Hendrick Hudson's River all are lighted by the same oncoming dawn. The highest mountain and the highest building meet the morning in the same hushed moment. 34th Street in Manhattan is awash with prophecy of day. A little north by east of where the Empire State is, underground at Madison and 53rd, a shore stranger in Manhattan tries to find his way.
5: Can I have some change, please?
4: Can you all tell me what train that takes for the George Washington Bridge? Well, let's see. Uh, go down to the first level, take any train. If it's an F train, get off at the next stop. 50. Look, mister, I want to go uptown. Yeah, Mac, but these trains all happen to go downtown, so you have to change, See? To so get up at 50th and 6th Avenue, and cross over to the uptown side. Then take a train marked D and get up at Columbus Circle, 59th Street. Then wait for an A train on the same track, and that'll take you right to the bridge at 179th Street. Change at 50th
5: and 6th Avenue. Take a train marked D to Columbus Circle. And then... Then
4: the A train to 179th. Oh, yeah, A to 179th Street. Thank you, mister. Hey, wait a minute. That's only for one of the trains. If the first one through here is an E train, take her down to 8th Avenue and 42nd Street. You mean I have to go downtown before I can go uptown? Well, you have to get hungry before you can eat, don't you? Yeah, but I don't see what that... Well, all right, then. So go to 42nd Street, Crossover, catch the A train to save
3: us... The morning is beyond the bridges of the Hudson now, and slanting through the passes of the Appalachians. The seaboard's brightening. A wind is playing with the tide off Hatteras. Miami looks alert. Street lamps are turned off in Ottawa, and there's drizzle over part of Lake Ontario. Day rises now on two canals, the Erie in New York State and the Panama. It's the same slip of morning to both ditches, though they lie 2,000 miles apart. Now Detroit lights up on the Smoky Mountains and Key West. Three of the five great lakes have caught the fire. But just as dawn arrives in Dayton, Ohio, it departs beyond the western shores of South America into the waiting sea. The lakefront of Chicago is deep purple. So is the coast of Yucatan. The Mississippi is winding out of darkness from top to bottom of the land. The saints are all awake. St. Paul, St. Louis, St. Joe... St. Francisville, and down the very same meridian, cross-cut by the equator, sharp in the inclination of the fragile light, is the dry archipelago of the Galapagos. It's snowing now on mystic Boothia, the northernmost peninsula of North America. Here's the magnetic pole, which keeps all of the world's compasses a quiver. While Boothia is freezing, there's a light dew brewing west of Omaha, warm winds of Dallas, and gray-green reflections in the water at the docks of Vera Cruz. Long brooding popocatter rears her head above a zone of nimbus clouds, and looks around to see if all is punctual. Now, one vast sweep of plain, a sea of flatlands tilted upward towards the still dark Rockies, quietly and calmly takes on day. Hundreds of rectangle counties, county after county, come into the fold of morning. In the town of Guthrie, Logan County, Oklahoma, on the porch of a house near the cottonwood, a boy observes the heavens getting pale.
2: Betty? Hmm? You sleep, Uh-uh. Know something, Betty? I never been up all night in my life before. Me neither. When a fellow likes a girl, he likes to sit up with her. Well, if a girl likes a fella, it's about the same thing, ain't it? I mean, in the same way, sort of. Yeah. Gosh, it's all one and the same thing, no matter how you look at it, I guess. Positively. I agree with you. Ain't the sky pretty, though? Mm, it's breathtakingly beautiful. Wouldn't it be nice if we could do this every night? It would be divine. You really mean that, Betty? Absolutely. Gosh. Thanks. I didn't expect you to say it would be divine. That's saying a lot. Well, I, I don't take back a word of it. What? Well, gee, Betty... Thanks a lot.
3: While love awakens on a porch in Guthrie, the somber rocky mountains watch the stars burn out above the great plateau. Ranges rise to block the passage of the day, but not for long. Dawn vaults these mountains with the Spanish name, spreads out on the square states, rolls over into Arizona. At Albuquerque, last night's New York plane has taken on some breakfast boxes for still-sleeping passengers who will awake above the desert and drink orange juice at 7,000 feet. The charts have all been checked, the weather verified, the pilot gone up front, the stewardess has closed the door. Next stop, Los Angeles. as fast, but not as fast as we, for even now we're over the Grand Canyon, riotous with reds and purples. Up and down the latitude, Death Valley comes to life. Mount Whitney yawns and stretches. Ancient redwood trees look up with boredom at another day. An owl screams in the woodlands of Yosemite. The sea fog sitting on Los Angeles, but Palos Verdes and the top of Catalina float above the mist. Rain in Seattle, heavy in Snohomish County. Routine fog in San Francisco, lifting. In a cafe on the embarcadero, the dregs of night still linger.
5: Sorry, Mr. Stewart, but you'll have to go home. We're gonna close up now. Go on away, little man. I'm the greatest composer since the days of yasha masha Masha. Oh, look, i got to close it up. The cops will take my license if I don't. be a good guy, will you? It's getting late already. Look, see? Just one more piece. Chicago and Fugury by Johann Sebastian Strauss. One more, one more. That's what you said before. Yeah, but this time I'm a man of my word, Ricky boy. And the man behind the man, behind the man of my word. See? There's just one more. Well, all right. Just this one. Just this one. Just this. Now, take it easy, Rick, old boy. And you sit more listen.
3: The snowfields of the Yukon and the Klondike Mountains lie face up, interpreting the soundless and mysterious code of the Aurora Borealis. The streamers, green and orange, shimmering in the black Arctic night, Yield occultly to new light from behind the frozen ranges to the east. The dawn is peaked and pinched here in Alaska. It is fuller on the endless swells of the Pacific to the south. The Pacific, flowing now in space so prodigal that only stellar seas could understand. The hemisphere is falling back. McKinley passes in the great processional. Alaska's Valley of 10,000 Smokes turns steaming to the sun from which its planetary fire was drawn down. The roar of Katmai, angriest volcano of them all, abates none, scorning the eruption of such placid stuffs as morning. South, as the crow flies, flying just about 2,000 miles, is another such volcano. Set about by sea. Mauna Loa, monarch of the glistening Hawaiian islands. It stands crowning down on fields of its own lava. These islands are romantic at night to all romanticists. But now, at dawn in Honolulu, where the trade wind stirs the cocoa palms, a practical operation is taking place inside a military hospital. Beneath the white glare of the lamps, An army surgeon works against all hope on a wounded soldier flown in from somewhere eastward in the zone of war.
5: Major, pressure's falling rapidly. Pulse is
1: becoming thready. Get the transfusion set ready. Captain, you scrub for transfusion. Right, sir. Is the donor outside, and has he been cross-matched? Yes, sir. All right. Start the transfusion. Give him a hypo-adrenaline. Get the Lord's kidney clamp and the heavy ligature ready. Suction, clamps, sponge.
2: Pulse is becoming imperceptible. Heart sounds very feeble.
1: Inject some coramine into the veins. Yes, sir.
2: Major, heart sounds are barely audible.
1: Massage his heart. Sponge.
5: It was a contracting, major. There's a better response from the heart. Patience, Maui.
1: Yes, uh, well,
3: spoil me okay. Northward at the moment of this dawn rescue, the night's pushed back entire from the face of North America. It's west of Bering Strait now, and Soviet Siberia, pursued across the stepping stones of the Aleutian Islands. Daybreak has reached the 180th meridian where man, in spite of all his quarreling, agrees by international accord that here his calendar divides today from yesterday. The transport, headed for San Pedro, crosses this imaginary line. On B-deck, the Australian bride of an American infantryman, heading east to her new country, is alert to greet the moment.
2: You mean we are crossing at this very moment, Lieutenant?
3: Yes, ma'am.
2: Ah, oh, it's so thrilling. Just think a minute ago, it was Sunday. Now, it's Saturday.
4: Yes, ma'am, international date line. Oh,
2: well, does that mean we're a ahead of the rest of the world?
4: No, where'd you get that idea?
2: Well, that's true, isn't it?
4: No, no, it merely means oh, that... Well, five
2: they... hours ago, it was midnight Saturday, and so it became Sunday, and oh, now it's Saturday again. Is that fair?
4: Well, you see, madam, it works like well, this when you... I don't
2: understand you... it very well.
4: I think I can explain it to you. Now, a ten-day voyage from San Francisco to Yokohama will show 11 calendar days... But on the return trip, when we cross the international date line eastbound, like we just did, we go back one day on the calendar into the old days, so that means a ten-day trip eastbound will show nine calendar days, whereas the westbound void shows eleven calendar days.
2: But doesn't the ten-day trip ever take just ten days?
4: No, ma'am. Now, let me begin again. I think I can explain it all. You see, ordinarily, the day changes.
3: New Zealand now, at the Antipodes. Diagonally across the world from Greenwich. The east coast of Australia catches day, as did the east coast of Brazil 12 hours back. The sun now gilds the gold fields. The sands of the interior are tinted, too. The great Victoria desert curving into the dry day. And now, the coast of China. Night trails its kites across the Philippines, the Dutch East Indies, Borneo. This is the bleak meridian of trouble, the men at war, the red pinpoints in the ragged air are flak. the great blue flashes below, bomb bursts, on the seas, warships rendezvous for another strike, all quiet on the Gobi to the north, southward, the night is gone from Java, and Australia too. The Japs of Singapore are nervous and vigilant and scrutinize the straits. Mandalay lies under heavy rain clouds, otherwise you'd make it out. Now Everest sees the coming day before all Asia to the west. It is a tight squeeze for the morning getting by the peak which roofs the planet. 500 million people sleep in India, Afghanistan, the Union of the Soviets. Dawn comes to each of them, to each one's window, arches over each one's head. It's in the tundra in the north of Russia, also in the streets of Takhtar Bazaar and the market of Termez. At Troits, the workers soundly sleep. Now in a sweeping arc, the dawn cuts through three continents, still Asia in the Urals, Europe, where the Russians draw a line, and Africa, at easternmost Somaliland. The same light spans the Caspian, the Persian Gulf, the wildest desert of Arabia. The rim moves on to Finland now. At the same time, it crowns the Pyramid of Cheops. In the scarlet break of day, The tombs of the Egyptian kings are tipped with red lights, warning airplanes. Civilized Europe starts up from a fitful sleep, still haunted by the agonies of war. Yet at the same time, the primitive Congo in the heart of Africa awakens tranquilly. The morning, being a celestial thing, cannot begin to comprehend. But this was the bloody corridor, Norway. Poland, Germany, the Balkans, Libya. Great camps and barracks in each land anticipate the day. But to the fields and lakes and rivers and the partly stormy sky, it's all the same. It always is the same. Slip down the middle length of Africa. Far at the southern tip, two albatrosses circle lazily above the sparkling waters of good hope. Cape Town looks at night across the South Atlantic. Night. The very night now solid in Brazil. Two farmers meet in Switzerland, where their adjoining pastures slope down toward the valley. They say the same thing they've been saying now for 27 years of mountain mornings.
5: Morning, Pierre. Morning, John. Nice day. Yes, very nice. All well. I can't complain. And you? Fine, fine. Good. See you later. See you later, Pierre.
3: The North Sea and the Mediterranean are both lit now, and London comes up out of cover. Greenwich gives the day a careless nod and single and signals it the go ahead to climb the West Meridian. In vasty hushes... The fresh morning cleans the traces of the dark out of the mid-Sahara. Off the Gold coast of deep brooding Africa and the wide Guinea Gulf, there is a fight between two sharks. Just at the mighty intersection where longitude and latitude each reach zero. Here the equator meets the mean meridian. The green Atlantic does not know it though. The fighting sharks don't care. The Irish Sea, Gibraltar and St. Helena swim up out of the Afro-European night. Lisbon and Morocco and Liberia come next. Dakar and the Canaries. And now, all of both continents are in full day. It's all in the Atlantic now, this far-flung fringe of daybreak. We're moving west of Greenwich once again. back at latitude 40 degrees north and longitude 25 degrees west. And this is where we started. Beneath us, there is water, nothing else. The long Atlantic flowing to the north
1: to Ronald Coleman starring in Norman Corwin's production of Daybreak. The musical score was composed by Lynn Murray and the Bayeen Lament was sung by Corina Moura. Blood Gluskin conducted. Next week at this same time, Columbia presents Corwin's newest script, a rhyme fantasy entitled The Undecided Molecule. This play, first of its kind since the famous plot to overthrow Christmas, will present in its leading roles Robert Benchley, Groucho Marx, Vincent Price, and Sylvia Sidney. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.